just remind place. me of. <laughs> That remind me of no, how you did used to. No way you gonna find uh, a job for a nigga out here living color. Remember you, you was somebody living color. And is it uh, Damon Wayans? Da- Damon Wayans, yep, yep, yep. yep. He used to play that role you did. Old bitch got a T L and shit up He there. had that what alpha oh, in the jaw. Old, old and shit. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what it hey. was. It looked like man, it, was a, it was a pickle. I said like that was a pickle and some pickle juice. The homeless yeah. person was carrying. Yeah, that 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 that's, that's who that sound. That's exactly. I'm telling you, man, they got a lot of comedians got this. They must have watched this particular video, man. With a blue window and it had a note painted in the glass, right? You could look through. You remember that? The blue note. You know, you be checking, you know. Looking through that peel paint and shit. And they be getting down, you know. And you try, uh, hey, Curtis, you going in, bro? Take me in with you, man. <laughs> Fuck you, then. You had to take me no place, nigga. Come on, do something, you bad. I'm bullshitting, bro. <laughs> 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 I'm clean, man. Take me in with you. I got a little bitch in there. You know, I'm going to get on one. You know what I mean? You know, the dude take you in with him, you know, and you knock on the door like a species. Boom, 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 boom. You have to knock on all night. Boom, 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 boom. And the dude opened it. What you want? Uh, Hank said, man, I don't know goddamn Hank. <laughs> I don't know how many you know, movies that was in. Off, right? <laughs> nigga get mad. <laughs> Say, that, motherfucker, what you mean you ain't gonna let me in this funky joint? Much money I done spent in here, nigga. I knew your mama when she was horn. <laughs> right then the dude let him in. Well, come on in, man. I was gonna let you in. Shit. Will you there ever like be? Shit, how are you, boy? And you Anyone as great as he was. Nigga, you look 35. Yeah. And you go in the back room, man, and, and oh, white cats no, in Vegas, man, uh, Las Vegas, right? They gamble uh, different. You know, very quiet, like 2,000 on the five. He's the one that's, well. Oops, I missed. I don't I think so, is. man, because he's the one yeah, that really. Started everybody. Oh, baby. I mean, you had people Shit, before man, him. I do it like, over time, time. You know, uh. Say that, nigga. What was the gentleman's name? Had his own show. He was the first black dude to have his own show. Um, you had him, Moms Mailey before money. him, but they ain't really get the recognition. Well, I'm hungry as a hog knee. That Richard yeah, Pryor yeah. got. Shit, gotta be a Jesus called too many black folks. See this? Well, nigga, what? Ball, what? Nigga, I ain't got no money. Get up off me, motherfucker! <laughs> Shit, I'm trying to get this six up off my ass! Well, if I six, nigga, we're gonna have a new crap game. You can believe that? Shit! Time. Well, what, man? I ain't got no money. Dave Chappelle's pretty I'm close. Gonna pay you. Yes. God I was gonna damn, say boy. Chappelle. Nigga won't leave me alone. Uh, me I love Kevin boy. Hart's I'm stuff. I'm trying to hustle! Some, hey, Kevin Hart, man, yeah. Actually, Hustle, yeah, he is funny, man. He is. God damn! Boy, you check that seven. I like his stand-ups better than movies. He hit the dice, nigga ain't fade nobody. Shit. Fucked up my money. Time turkey. (laughs) Shit. Hey, bro, what's happening? Aw, man, this nigga was down, you know, flunking around. Let me have two (laughs) dollars. Give me two. Want by radio? See, this is what I'm talking about. This is this was a celebration that they was doing, and he was talking there. I forgot. The, it was in the Watts. It was in it was in L.A. too. Watts, I believe. They always catch you out in front of a store or something. 
Cause he be taking shotguns. Well, you know he's young, cause he ain't been burnt. <laughs> he, he, he looking, he looking real good. That was the time he was with Pam Grier, goddammit. Find one. Put the handcuffs on him, Fred, and they put the handcuffs on me, right? And I was really skinny, right? And they'd slip off and shit. The dude get mad. I put him on his ankles, his ass, or something, you know. And they handcuff my thighs, right? You know, hop me to the car, you know. And they call my father about four in the morning. Mr. Pryor, we have your son down here at headquarters. What about it? Fuck him. <laughs> my mother had to beg him to come get me out, right? Please, Bucky, go get him. Fuck that nigga. Shit, I told him to be home at 11 o'clock, and I meant 11. God damn, every time I turn around, that nigga's in jail. I'm taught to get him out. And I'd be praying he'd have a heart attack before he get there. Because he put some shit on you, right? Mm-hmm, I'm going to get your ass out. Mm-hmm, if you know, I'm going to tell you. That, that humming. How much is it, man? $12? Yeah, I'm going to pay. You know what? <laughs> Back in the day. You can believe that shit. And my mother be crying. Eddie Murphy stand up. They used to be on point. <laughs> Back in the day, back in the day, I always yeah, I all his stand-ups on point. Yeah, when I was in, when I was in college, because there wasn't nothing to do. Uh, you know what I mean? The one where he had on the red leather suit, delirious. Yeah, and then there was one right after that. Raw, Raw was the one I saw. I was little. I used to watch it on the cable television, but we it blurred out. But you can still hear it though. You can still hear. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. I remember, yeah, that's, that's how I found, that's how I saw Raw. Hell yeah, most of, most of us did see Raw like that. I remember them days. Because yeah, you couldn't see it, but you could hear it. Same thing with porno. That's how I was watching porno back in the day. Playboy Channel. That's how, we, that's how me and my boy used to watch it. And then you might see a little something in there too. You look at it like, ooh, that was something. A little nasty ass. <laughs> Oh man, I remember them days. My mom said, pick the car up in front of the bank at 2.15. So I got in the car, man, I was driving down the street. I didn't know what was happening. This white lady was sitting next to me screaming and shit. I thought it was a sticker. <laughs> Saturday night, though, was, uh, they always call it nigger night, because white folks go out about 8 and leave and go home at 10 and leave it to the niggas, because it gets thick. <laughs> they can't handle it. You know what I mean? Too many niggas. They, when they find out niggas could talk other than no, I hole, they got scared to death. You know, like one day somebody said, nigga, talk. Well, motherfucker, I've been wanting to tell you something. I beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> now, niggas got handshakes, see. If you don't learn the handshake, see. Man, how many times you seen this one? Time. You know, like, you be needing nigga. Hey, bro. <laughs> but then niggas add six months later, the shit done changed. You know, it be, be all down here. Hey, Bernie Mac did something like that. Hey, you don't do that, you ain't no oh, that Kings was another one that you see. Oh, bro, I just tried when I was. No, I, I was only doing stand up because um, I couldn't get nobody to read none of the stuff I was writing. These scripts, and I, 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 I would, that. I would have uh, jokes in the script, and so I would do stand up just to try and see if the jokes work. And yeah, I would try and sound like, well, I wouldn't try and sound like, it was just the Chicago women would come out and it would sound like Bernie Mac, kind of, sort of. Actually, you were the one to tell me, yeah, go get your Bernie Mac self on the body. <laughs> I, sure I think I just kept saying the uh, MF, cause, but I mean, that's a big thing in Chicago, you know, it just it just comes out. If if MF don't come out of our mouth, man, we must not feel comfortable around that person. Well, do, do you ever want to get back on the stage anymore? <laughs> Man, I I do, but you know the preparation just I don't I don't I don't, I don't prepare right. Man, you got you might as well be an actor. I think, man, you want to be a stand up comedy 
comedian. You might yeah. as well just be an actor. Yeah. The way you got it, I don't understand. Well, I do understand, but I don't have it in me to learn it. But uh, I might. I'm open to it. Um, I'm open, but I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. I think I'll just do open mics. I'm not no. I'm not. I don't want to go to L.A. and get booed and thrown off somewhere. But I don't know, man. I'm open to it. You never know. I'm open to it. It could man. be your calling, bro. It it might. I don't know. I don't want to be in front of the camera, but. I don't know. You I'm, like staying I'm, behind the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let somebody else look good, but I just still want to go out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, Blunt Force Podcast Radio coming from the bunker, goddammit. Deep, deep, deep down in the bunker. Cold ass bunker in San Diego, man. Uh, and don't be surprised if someone come knocking at that door, man. Uh, I feel like I'm about to do something like Drink Champs, man. Yeah, have you ever seen Drink Champs? No, I haven't. Drink Champs. It's a podcast right now. They number one right now, man. So, but Blunt Force Podcast Radio, man, I got a brother with me who I've worked with for almost 10 years. He's one of the very few black sports technical directors slash directors yeah. in yeah. the United States. I want to say the world. Is that okay? I want to <laughs> yeah. say the world. All right, I'll take that. <laughs> so he's one of the only few black sports technical directors slash directors in the world. Fuck, I'll take it to another level. The universe. Uh-oh. We're going to go to the universe. Oh, Lord. Man, you writing checks I might not be able to cash, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he's a huge Laker fan. Yeah. He's such a huge Laker fan. He has on right now the 1987 championship warm-up suit <laughs> all the way down to the Magic Johnson Converse. Showtime. We're going to dive into his directing style from horse racing to different sports. And this whispering thing that we're going to talk about. Um, he spells his name with a C. M-A-R-C. But if you take the C off and add three X's, he'll have one of the dopest porn names in the game. Oh, yeah. He loves horse racing. He has a very deep, deep love for horse racing and has had many shows handicapping horse racing in the past. He says he would like to, he would love to do more shows, but his schedule is full right now, man. This is a busy man right now. This is a busy man, goddammit. <laughs> he told me one day, this man travels a lot of places, man. He told me that he's only home 28 days out of the year. 28 days out of the year? I stay on the road, God man. God damn. <laughs> man, y'all, I've always liked this brother style, man, and I plan on... Definitely asking questions about being a technical director slash director. I'm very thankful to welcome the man himself, Mark Big Smooth Johnson. <laughs> welcome to Blunt Foot Podcast Radio down in deep in the bunker. Hello, brother. How you doing? I'm good, man. How's everything? Man, going well. Everything is well, man. I like that intro. I like uh, that little, like, I got your, got your crowd coming. Look, look, look. I, that was our first time trying something like that, man. Hey. I never done nothing, something like Blood that. Blood so. Force ain't made. Blood Force ain't no joke. Man, hell, we trying, man. We trying, man. <laughs> so yeah, man. Thank you for coming here into a bunker, man. Now, um, now let's let's break down the word TD slash director. Now, okay. uh, if you could tell us, tell the people um, the difference between the two and why they merged together, I guess. Okay. Well, normally your technical director. And your director are two different positions, all right? So we'll start with technical director. 
technical director is in charge of uh, making the broadcast flow. They actually do the show. They provide everything that you see visually. They actually execute what the other position as the director has them do. So the director normally calls the show. The technical director actually punches the show on the switcher. Technical director is also in charge of making sure all the cameras, all the feeds, everything that you see visually is ready to happen within the switcher. And the director leads the crew through the execution of the broadcast mm. and how the producer wants that put together. So I can do both positions as director and technical director, and I'm also capable of combining the two positions where if I have to be the technical director, I can also direct the show as well. Okay. So I feel fortunate to be able to do something like that. And, you know, we've worked together for, for like 10 years. And uh, at Del Mar, we've been doing horse racing and the uh, simulcast for Del Mar. And that's something that I do there for, mm -hmm. for them. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, now how, how long have you been doing in, well, how long have you been in television production? Uh, man, I started in 1991. Mm -hmm. um, I graduated from college and one month later, um, I got a position working in production at uh, WHAS-TV in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. After about mm -hmm. a month or so, I moved over to the operations department. And what that, that department entailed was master control and uh, uh, taking in satellite feeds, mm -hmm. um, recording different shows, the whole nine. And after about maybe, it might have been four or five years, I think I had worked there. And um, a gentleman named Jerry Drury, uh, God rest his soul, he just passed away a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. He was the production manager mm -hmm. at WHAS. And he approached me and asked me, would I be interested in learning how to direct? And first I was like, well, I don't know about this. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? And um, he gave me the opportunity and I was able to train and learn under some um, very good directors. And we were, at that, at that point, we were just doing like newscast mm -hmm. for the local stations. And... Um, then uh, the station got the University of Louisville athletic contract uh, and they started doing the production of uh, basketball and football games. And I expressed an interest in learning how to do remotes. And they gave me an opportunity to come out and train and to learn how, you know, basketball games and football games and volleyball games, mm -hmm. uh, how those productions worked. And um, the way that I really got my, my opportunity was it so happened the University of Louisville was going to play Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, this was probably, gosh, 20 years ago mm -hmm. when this happened. But the technical, that game was going to be on ESPN. And the technical director that day 
got sick. Mm. So I got a call about six in the morning because I was the only person locally that was capable of TDing a basketball game for them. Mm. And they said, hey, TD sick. Can you come in and do the game? And I was like, sure. I went mm. in, did the game. Everything, obviously everything went well. And my name went in a database. And from that point on, uh, I started doing uh, productions mm. for ESPN. And then it spilled over into other different sports networks. Now, when you went in, were you nervous when they called you? Um, were, you, were, you were you fully, did you fully think that you could actually fully do the job properly? Was there any nervous? Because you know how some people. Yeah, I tell you, I was more excited mm -hmm. and I had a, a, an adrenaline rush. I wasn't mm -hmm. nervous because I had already been doing um, some of the games for the station. Okay. So I, there was yet a comfort zone, but there was also still like, this is ESPN. You know what I'm saying? Hell this is yeah. a network. You know, I can't, I mean, you know, I tried to be a little more, uh, uh, pay a little more attention to make sure I didn't make any mistakes, mm -hmm. <laughs> you uh, know, yeah. but I was more excited. It, I knew this was the chance for me to in some way prove what, uh, what I could do, and fortunately, things did work out. It would I don't think it would be normal to be in that position to not be nervous, mm -hmm. but it was good if if you want to call it nervous, it was good like nervous energy to right. have that, that motivated me. Right, right. I, I hear you. <laughs> you know, how some people get nervous, then they 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 don't go in as confident. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, those those things can happen. Um, I, I, I just looked at it as, you know, it was one of those things where if if things I didn't have anything to lose. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? And yep. I felt like I had everything to gain. So they called you. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? They so called you, you. You know, you needed some help. And so. I was going in with a positive attitude and just in my mind, I would just remember, I kept thinking to myself, this is it, mm -hmm. Mark, go in there and, and yeah. make this happen because this really could open the doors for you that you need. It was the possibility for me to actually get to do what I've been wanting to do my entire life, you know? Mm and things worked out i'm i feel thankful for that that's and it took what so now you can can you actually say that you're actually doing what you want to do yes and because yes. a lot of people can't say that like i and i and it's rest rare you know i i find it uh uplifting when i hear people say that yeah. or motivating kind of because at least i know it's possible well you I'm know gonna, i'm gonna tell you something uh, and it's funny that we bring this up, uh, but if that I was having this conversation with somebody, it was just Monday, I think, mm -hmm. and I and we were talking, and I was like telling them that I'm so content with my life that if it were to end today, all right, I would say 
that I have been so satisfied with everything. Mm. I'm, I'm extremely happy with the mm. way things are. Now, I do, the only thing that probably I would want different in my life would be maybe a wife and children, but my lifestyle has kind of gotten in the way of me doing that, <laughs> traveling so much. 28 days out of the yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, you know. Hey. You know, nah. but the, but the truth is, I enjoy it so much yeah. that you know it's where I want to be. I hear you. I hear you. You know, and yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> now, um, where are you originally from? Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Ah, and, and it's actually a suburb in Louisville called Prospect, Kentucky. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Now, um, now growing up there, man. Uh, now, were you an athlete? Yeah. Athlete, what, I played sports. What, uh, I played uh, baseball and basketball. Which one were you better in? I was better in baseball. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. What, yeah. What, and where was you? What, what positions were you playing baseball? First base, and then I did ah. pitch a little bit. Ah, I actually okay. was drafted to play baseball. Ah, by who? Uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Okay, okay. That's yeah. dope. That's dope. Yeah, and then, uh, but it's the typical. You know, it's one of those things where you're an athlete growing up mm -hmm. and you always think that's what you're going to be doing. I'm always thinking I'm going to be playing baseball. When I came out of high school, going to college, it was like I really, it's not that I didn't really focus on my education mm -hmm. like I really could have because I always felt I was going to be doing uh, something as an athlete. I got you. I got injured, all right? So then at that point, I didn't have the same speed. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the same explosiveness. And it turned into now I actually have to make do for my life like what I used to consider a normal person. I used to say that when I was younger, you know? And so it was a classic case of someone having a reality check because of an injury, and I had to actually start applying myself more. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I didn't think education was important. I fully I understand. Yeah, I just I, I didn't understand. Right. I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 19, 20 years old. I didn't. It just wasn't. I think like, most. I think most kids at that age, with that base, with, when it's sports involved, you know, education is is not really high priority. I mean, it's it's a priority. It's a major right. priority, but right. it ain't sports. Is I, I would believe probably sports is maybe maybe tinkling. Right. You know. Right. Exactly. One, one another. So I can fully understand that. But damn, just so um, Cincinnati Reds, huh? Yeah. That's that's I never, I never definitely never do that. And you was the first base. Okay, did you not throw any pitches? What pitches would you throw? <laughs> yeah, I could. I can still throw a curveball, okay. a slider. Of course, naturally fastball. Yeah, I had a a good changeup. Mm. Also, or or you know, we even used to call it back in the day a palm ball, where you'd palm it, and you'd still come through with the same fast hand motion uh, but it would take a lot off of it you know and and probably could slow it you know by I mean I mean I was throwing the ball like 90 miles an hour I mean back then it would probably could slow it down to about 70 just to mess somebody up a little bit right right I was rough I mean I was rough and well, I was to get drafted hell yeah yeah I mean I was I've always been a bigger guy 
So, I mean, the size that I am now, I'm like 6'2", about 225. Mm-hmm. I was... I. I guess I I got to be that when I was about 15 or 16 years old. Oh, okay. And I was always, I've always been, uh, I always call it a, a, a weird, strong. <laughs> like a, a friend of mine the, the other day was talking about me being younger. I said, yeah, you was country strong. Yeah, we used to say that. All, we used to say that back <laughs> in the day. Country strong. Yeah, that was a different type of yeah, strong. It was, it was weird. Like I never, um, see, I, I, again, it went to, like now I understand like training and health and, mm-hmm. and taking care of yourself and the whole science behind um, making your body stronger. Mm-hmm. But then I didn't, you know, I'd like, you know, I'd go to baseball practice <laughs> and I'm eating Big Macs and, and large fries. I go to, then when, when, when baseball, when baseball season's over, I'm going to basketball practice and I'm eating Big Macs and fries. I didn't eat properly. Yeah. I didn't train properly. I didn't understand that. I thought I was. I mean, the, the probably the most training I did was push-ups. Mm. You know, but what used to be so funny is, and I mean, people don't have to believe this if they don't want to, but I could go once a year lifting weights, all right? And then walk in the gym and bench press 300 pounds. And everybody would be like, what in the world is going on here? But I was this big, strong kid, mm. you know? And I didn't ever feel like I needed, you know, to lift. I could hit the ball from here to the moon. Mm. And that was the other thing. So here I have been trained all off season for baseball. And I step out there. And you're knocking that motherfucker. My bad average. The skin was, off the ball. I, ne- I never... Uh, my batting average was never under 550. I had a whole season that I hit 675. Damn. And these are like home runs. I mean, lefty righty. I was I was a right-hander. Okay. Yeah. Um now the thing that that's interesting to be that size, you know, I could I could I could run. Mm-hmm. You know, uh I was good. And I mean, I was good at basketball. I I had two brothers that played professional ball overseas, you know, but both of them, one six, it's one six nine, the other six ten. So I'm only six two. So I had to get in where I fit in. Hell yeah. You know, and that was on the baseball field. Hell yeah, man. That's, that's, that's very interesting, man. I'm going to have to, have to bring that up again, man. Uh, (laughs) When you got into college and then you went in television production, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, um, is there any job that you wanted other than TD or directing? Did you or like did you experience camera work? Did you do photography? Did you try any try well, all? I, or? I tried all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and what grasped like what grasped you to? Well, we used to do mock newscast, oh. and I gravitated toward like the directing. And being a technical director even then, which is kind of strange, because at that point you really haven't made up your mind fully what you want to do with your life. Right. But um, there was something about sitting in that chair and having control over the production and directing everybody, making sure everybody, it was almost like a coach for a team, making sure everybody was on the same page, I enjoyed 
the and I still do. I enjoy the pressure mm. of always having the one opportunity to get it right. All right, when you're doing a live show, of course things don't always go according to plan. Mm. But when you're taping something, you can edit it, you know, you can go back and fix it. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing the live show, when you're cutting the live show, you got to get it right. You got to get it right that one time. You only have that one opportunity. Mm. And a director I know named Jimmy Grice would always say, you're only as good as your last show. You always feel you're as good as your last show. And that is so true because when things go according to plan, oh, man, you're doing the Dougie. You know, it feels so good. But then when something happens that you don't want to, Oh like shit! Yeah, yeah. You go home feel like shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know that. I know that exact you feeling. Know? I don't know if it's the passion in it that you that that that. that it is. But cause I'll be, it's just like I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, damn, why did we do it this way? Oh yeah, you I know, do, I do the same thing, man. Yeah, but you know? yeah, that's that's crazy, man. Yeah. So yeah, that is that is that is crazy with that. Uh, now with with, with uh technical directing and director. Your experiences with that. Now you travel all over the all over the United States. Yeah. What, uh, do you travel in different countries or just I, the states? I haven't been to another country yet. Okay. Now, not uh, as far as with working, but maybe vacation wise. But no, uh, no, no, no. I, I haven't. No, I haven't as far as working yet. But okay. I've been everywhere in the United States. I frequent, obviously, California, mm-hmm. uh, Florida like Miami, Tampa, Orlando, they're quite a bit. I mean, ironically, I I don't do much um, as far as basketball and football anymore in the state of Kentucky because my time is taken up doing horse racing mm-hmm. so much. So, you know, there's a niche out there, uh, and you just have to find out what your passion is. And, you know, just try to build upon that. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, it, it's a situation where if someone will contact you and say, hey, can you do Utah versus BYU on Saturday? Are you available? And you say yes or no. Uh, you negotiate your rate, mm-hmm. you know, and then they send you out to knock it out of the box. <laughs> Hell, that's how. Yep, that's that's how it's supposed to go. Yeah, Hell, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, and it, the nice thing about it is you get to work when you want to work. You know. Yeah. That's, and and I'm it, again. I'm 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 blessed. I'm fortunate to be in this position of technical director because of the demand for that position. So you know, I wouldn't necessarily encourage the lifestyle for everyone within the business because, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, you know, a lot of these companies, well, you know, it's going to be rare that these companies are going to want to travel like camera operators or even, you know, travel audio mm-hmm. operators, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. They really do invest in directors, technical directors and producers. Mm-hmm. Um, the other positions, they kind of feel like they can feel locally. They would like to feel those, you know, right. other three positions locally. Mm-hmm. But those tend to be where you have to reach out and pull from other parts of the country. Hell yeah, man. 
Yeah, man, we sitting here, man, Bluntford Podcast, man. We sitting here with Mark Johnson, man. We right back, man. We gonna bump and play Just some of his favorite music right here, man. Bluntford Podcast Radio. Force Podcast Radio, welcome back, man. Uh, we got Mark Johnson in the bunker, deep, deep, deep down in San Diego, man. I didn't even know they had bunkers in San Diego. <laughs> uh, talking about this, uh, talking about his, his uh, career as a uh, technical director slash director. Notice I said career. Now, what is the most cameras that you've worked with? Like how many, like how, how many cameras have you had the most on the switcher? I guess is that the correct terminology? The most cameras. I would say are 88. God, now. And we had that for uh, Breeders' Cup. And see, and, and the, the Breeders' Cup show has grown each year because at one point I think it was like maybe 70, then it went to like 81, and then I think this past year it was 88, to be correct, because we had over like... It was like a hundred and like twenty five sources, I believe. I'm trying. It might have been one twenty seven to be exact. And I think it was eighty eight of those were cameras. And now, how did you feel? I, uh, you saw all those cameras. Now, is it difficult? Now, how hard is? Now, you've been in it for for a while, but yeah. how do you feel when you come across eighty eight cameras that you have to direct? Now, is this your first time that you've done this, or no? I tell you. Um, the first time that 
I had ever done a show that had uh, quite a few cameras. It was like 30 cameras. That was for a Thunder Over Louisville, which is the, mm. the festival that kicks off the Kentucky, the whole Kentucky Derby Festival mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in Louisville. And that seems easy now. <laughs> Damn. You know, yeah. No, I mean, not, not to. I mean, I, I mean you, I you, know, you get what I'm saying? I mean, because now when you look at what they're doing with productions, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking 88 cameras. I, I'm, I'm trying to talk in layman's terms. I mean, I had to build a whole lot of shortcuts because hmm. there's not enough buttons on one panel to mm. suffice something right, like that. Right, 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 But it's part of it. You know, it is what it is. You just have to figure out a way to, mm. to make it happen. Um, the way you feel about it going in is, you know, you kind of, you talk to the director and the producer about how they plan on utilizing um, those cameras. Mm -hmm. And with, you can do then is you can actually layer your switcher to accommodate how they may use all those cameras. All right. You're dropping gems right now. Well, I'm trying, I'm trying a little bit. So here you go. Here you go, guy. If for instance, when we were here at Del Mar, mm -hmm. okay, we would use individual cameras on each horse in the paddock. Mm-hmm. When each horse would go over to the track side and they walk onto the track, then we had up cameras that were utilized for each individual horse. All right, so now you could group those cameras together, but those same cameras that were used in the paddock now could come over to the track side and be used to shoot the connections of those horses, mm -hmm. meaning the trainers, owners. So now if you group together your up cameras that you're shooting on the track side, along with the cameras that are shooting your trainers, then it makes it easier for you to navigate uh, I between. I mean, it seems, you know, I'm probably confusing people, but it makes it a lot easier. Like you could actually group all of your cameras that are in the paddock together and then group mm -hmm. all of your cameras that are on the track together. Uh, yep, yep. And that makes it a little easier for you to navigate. Okay. Yeah. I can understand that. I can definitely understand that. I don't know why you wouldn't group those cameras together. I don't know why you would have them well, all zigzag all over the place. Well, but. I mean, because sometimes you just never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, now this 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 career that you have just allowed you to travel very often. Now working with traveling, now working with different crews. Now my experience now working with production comp working with production crews, I'm normally the only black person in the crew. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm dying to know what it's like to work with other black people in the crew. And not saying that um, that you worked with all black people, but like the different crews that you've worked with, has it been like that in any of your situations? Um, the majority of the crews, there's usually me or one other mm -hmm. African-American. And you, <laughs> I'll tell you what's funny. Usually they, they look and they'll go, man, brother, I didn't even know we had any of us, TD. <laughs> 
I get that a lot. You know? I get that a lot. Now, here's another funny story. Uh, I was working in Austin, Texas, and I was the technical director. Mm-hmm. Um, the tech manager was a black woman. One of the camera ops uh, was black. And I think it was a utility. And so, you know how we all kind of bond. It's just, it's it's a family. We won, mm-hmm. no matter what. And they were asking me, you know, do you know such and such? And I'm like, well, no. And I think you do. And so he comes in and he's like, hold on, dude, pose. It made me t- took a picture of me so he could send it to other people and other black folks saying, look, look, we got a, we got a, uh, a brother sitting here. Let me tell you something, though. I'm going to tell you something, guy. All right? And I'll probably be a little transparent here. But I had an experience when you, when you talk about blacks mm-hmm. and, and us. There's sometimes you get a little frustrated with, with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't feel like there's a purpose. But I've had on three occasions... Um, another black person on a crew walk in, be totally amazed that one of us is sitting in the chair. And they have told me that I'm an inspiration to them. And sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes you do, you get, you're tired, you get frustrated, but I'm sitting there sometimes thinking to myself, but it's not necessarily for me because there's somebody out there who may want to be here one day, who might feel the way that they actually do feel. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for me, but it's for us. Hell yeah. You know, and it's, uh, it's a good feeling. Now I tell you, there's another show that I work on. You talk about, black crew members uh i just started recently we did the second season of a show called relative justice Mm -hmm. that a technical director for that show and 80 percent of the crew is us all right (laughs) it's the, the the judge she's black uh that i mean it's the 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 whole crew is basically people of color Mm. It is such a wonderful crew. All right. All right. Now, I can feel the warmness coming uh, out your mouth uh, when you're talking it. Okay. Now, I'm like, okay. Now, look, I'm not saying that, that I'm not <laughs> right, saying right, white right. folks can't be cool now, <laughs> but to have all of us working every single day, I look forward to it. Mm. Seriously, mm. I look forward to it. It is so exciting. The, the director, Miguel. Makes it so much fun for everybody. We have a drawing where he gives away different bourbons and uh, and, and wines at the end of the week. Yeah, I saw the ball you got. <laughs> hey, I wanted two weeks in a row, bro. <laughs> I wasn't playing around. I'm like, look out, look out. So uh, it, it is. It's by far the you know anything that I do. I don't enjoy anything as much as I do that. All right. It's not taking anything away from any other show, but Mm. they do everything that they can to make you enjoy it. Every crew member, everybody's respectful of each other. Everyone's willing to help each other. 
the old heads uh, showing the young heads how to mm. do stuff. The young heads are uh, updating us on what's new in the industry. It's a great thing. It's a great feeling, you know, and it's mm. really, really good to be a part of a crew like that where everyone is just out to help each other. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I, I experienced a little bit at uh, working uh, in production, man. Whatever I'm, wherever place I'm at and I see a, a, uh, some el- older older black man, they always walk up to him like, man, I'm glad you're working here, man. You represent for, I ain't think it was none of us working here, man. So I'm, I'm glad to see you here, brother, man. Thank you. Thank you for keep doing it, man. Hey, I always get that, yeah. that type, of, type of reception from them, man. I, I truly appreciate it, man. I tell them I'm going to keep going. And I tell them, if you don't see me, that means I moved up. They don't, don't think, <laughs> don't think right. that something happened. No, nah, that means yeah. I done moved up. So yeah. I just want to let you know. Yeah, you definitely are an inspiration, man. Because when I first saw you, I was in awe. I was like, damn. <laughs> then I was like, oh, he must be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, oh, no, nah, let me find out. No, nah, I'm just playing, man. But man, it was yeah, it, yeah. You definitely are, man. That's that's good well, that you that that. that that people tell you that, man. So I appreciate that. But but you know what? I've also got there are people that um, have been that for me too. You know, and I was younger. Some of them I still work with, mm-hmm. and you know, I would never tell them because they're like big brother. I don't want to swell their head ah, too much. It might go jack in the box. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I mean, some of those, you know, I look look up to them. I mean, and to see our own people and our people of color in this industry and and doing good things, it makes you know what you can do and it sets an example for the younger generation. You ain't never lied, man. You damn right, man. Do you get ex- now when you when you are directing? Now mm-hmm. we're gonna dive into some of your uh, style of directing. Uh oh. Uh oh. Do you, now, what are some times that you might get excited when you're directing? I get excited when we're reaching the, like, there's five seconds in the game. It's a one-point game. We're talking, let's say we're talking basketball. Right. And this game is to see who advances, let's say, to the final four. Mm. And... They're taking the ball out of bounds. We are at the most exciting point of the game here to see what happens. And there's a game-winning shot, and she hits it, or he hits it. Mm. Now, I can't wait to show the viewer what's happening, how people are excited, how people are celebrating, the good time that's going on. I mean, those things you get an adrenaline rush from. Mm -hmm. All right? Here's another one. I do the Kentucky Derby, okay, for uh, Churchill Downs. There is a point that takes place before the race called the walkover. All right? That's when they they bring out each horse, Mm -hmm. and they line them up before they walk them over to the paddock to saddle up. Well, that excitement for the Mm buildup of the walkover I mean, my my adrenaline is going higher and higher and mm. higher once they are all once and it's and it's such a great feeling because then once you get all those owners, all the horses lined up on the backside and they walk over, and then once they go once they get in the the paddock, they're mm-hmm. saddled up and they walk out and they're playing my old Kentucky home. Mm. 
It's it's such an outstanding feeling, and you know, and one part of it is you're being you're a part of history. You know, so it's always it's kind of like the climactic time when I, you know, because even when we we're we've even talked about this here at Del Mar, mm-hmm. when the horses are approaching the gate, all right, and I've got so many options and so mm-hmm. many angles to show the viewer and to set up at the whole buildup of excitement to where the race, and this could be race number three on a Thursday afternoon. It could be a $10,000 claiming race, but you want to build excitement as they're approaching the gate, make the viewer into it the best that you can, you know, and you know, it's part of it. And sometimes you have to do that. And people like yourself running camera help to build, you know, that excitement with your various shots, the very, your various zooms, your various angles, you know, and one main thing that people need to do have to realize a director is only as good as his crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's 100, you know, and we've got some really great camera operators here that helped me tell a story the way that I feel like it needs to be told. Hell yeah, man. Now, um, uh, now part of your, uh, Directing styles, this whispering thing, man. <laughs> Y'all stay on me about this. The whispering <laughs> thing, yo. Uh, I I tend to talk to myself a lot, don't I? Yeah, man. And and, and one one word, I. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say? Fuck. A whole lot. Hey, <laughs> I, I remember I heard you say this one thing. He's like, I swear, I put my foot way deep in his ass. <laughs> oh, did I say that? <laughs> hey, I was dying. <laughs> And then I swear I'll be hearing something. I wish this motherfucker would. I swear I'll put my face straight deep up in his ass right now. This, mother, this motherfucker right Hey, is it just us or is that, does that, does that go all the way across the universe too? Well, I'll tell you, it's got to go all the way across the universe too. And, but here's the thing. There's, sometimes there's things going on. And would you all, if you all aren't in the the truck, or maybe there's things that go on on another channel on the headset <laughs> that you all can't hear, and I end up reacting, and I don't even realize that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> you said I'll be telling I'm gonna put my foot in his ass. <laughs> oh man, I'll be hearing something. I just be laughing. Did I? Sometimes oh. I I know when it's coming. If something happened, I'm like, oh. It, Oh, yeah, he, just, he, about he about to flash. He about hey, to flash. Sometimes you got to wake somebody up. You man. know what I'm saying? You got to wake them up. What are you doing? Man. Are you paying attention? I know. Are you, are you the, there? Are you part of the solution? Are you part of the, the problem? Hey, man. What, what we doing here, man? <laughs> that is, that's, that's crazy, man. Yeah, dude. So uh, now, some of the, some of the, now uh, some of the shows that you were doing, it's some shows that you were doing as far as handicapping. Now, it has... Mm-hmm. You are uh, now when doing horse racing, uh, yeah. as far as TD and, and directing, does that help you knowing the horses or like uh, are are you a are you a horse player? I guess I should ask, I should ask first. Well, yeah, I I know the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and does that help I, you? It yeah, a great deal when it comes to directing because you know what the gambler wants to see, a horse player wants to see. Mm-hmm. Also knowing all the intricacies of what the judges, the stews want to see. And 
you know, so what, what helped me was I started doing some on-air work in the horse racing industry. Mm-hmm. So um, I developed a following. And this was kind of at the beginning of social media. So what I did is I started Thoroughbred Network on social media. And that's where we would start doing handicapping shows and uh, doing various promotions. So you was wearing $1,000 suits. Oh, listen to you. Yeah, $500 ties <laughs> on, yo. <laughs> listen to you. <laughs> listen to you. Yeah, we, uh, and we still do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, for me, I, because my schedule is so like real bogged down right now, I don't get much of an opportunity to do it as much as I'd like. Mm-hmm. Probably, it usually kicks in around January. Start we start getting ready for Derby, mm-hmm. and going into Derby, I've got the pl- I've got a little more time to do it. It's just after Derby is when it gets a little more hectic because I I didn't even we didn't even get a chance to do anything Breeders Cup. Right. This year, because there was this, my schedule was just so tight. You know, sometimes you can get yourself into too much. You know, it's almost like you become a jack of all trades, but then you don't get to focus on is a lot of things like you want to. Right. You know, but yeah, you know, this year we plan on trying to trying to push a little more content out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Definitely, definitely be looking forward. Now, what was the name of the show that you had? It's it's Thoroughbred Network. Thoroughbred Network. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thoroughbred Network, man. We'll get back to that, man. Bluntfoot Podcast Radio. New music. Sometimes it's hard to describe your love, yeah. Because it's one of one. You show me new ways to be emotional. And it feels so good. King and my queen, so heavenly, you get all of me. Never gotta question my intentions. My heart is always open, I listen. This could be so simple. Make you believe your soul can't feel no better. I'ma show you, baby. Show you in so many ways. Be patient. grocery store chain spelled with a k yeah in kentucky all right so i'm i'm looking and i see this woman and i'm like man that woman look familiar but i'm like i keep thinking well is she a relative is this somebody i know and then after i got faster i realized it was ali's wife and i i said I'll be doggone it. I could have at least got an autograph or something. 
you know. Uh, but yeah, no, I never, I never got to work with him on anything. Um, that was a great man, a great man of inspiration. That man was inspirational. Man, you ain't never lied, man. Just his story, man, from the time he threw that, uh, threw that gold medal away yeah. in the water, yeah, and then from not wanting to fight in the war, yeah, man. He he, uh, oh, he stood by man. his convictions. Yeah, man, that. Um, that's the man right there, yo. That's that's the true goat. That's 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 the man right there, man. I don't, yeah, just just going through that, man. Just yeah, that's that that is the man, man. Rest in paradise, man. Muhammad Ali, definitely. Amen to that. Now speaking of black folks, now um working with different crews, man. Now we were talking about black people, man. Um, and a lot of a lot of black people that you worked with. Is there any other black people that you work with? That's that in in the production company production field. Yeah, I tell um, you that there is there's one in particular that stands out that they actually it's a black family. They actually own their own company. It's called Dub Production. It's run by Craig Olmstead. He and his brother uh, Charles Olmstead. They do uh, a lot of shows Damn. like news feeds out of their truck. We actually even did some basketball games um, from their truck. And then I know uh, Craig has moved to Washington. Uh, and he Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Okay. And he does a lot of the uh, reporter remotes from mm. the White House. He's overseas. I know he was, I think he was over at the uh, World Cup. Okay. Here recently, okay, uh, yeah, they um, they are real. Uh, well, let me go back to. I worked with their father, mm-hmm. who was a, a pioneer. His name was Chuck Olmstead. He was uh, one of the iconic reporters mm-hmm. at WHS eleven, and in the city of Louisville and the state of Kentucky and he passed away Hmm. and uh, I know Craig and Charles um, they started running their own production company and we all are about the same age Mm -hmm. and it was really great to be able to work with you know with them in any way that I could or you know try to help them any way I could I know we were doing some uh Church productions for a while. Uh, did some U of L basketball, various U of L sports together, and just now uh, Craig is off doing like news. Mm. You know, I mean, he, you know, he 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 big time out there. Now we're talking about a truck. Now you mean the full? Yeah, had production like a, truck. Uh, like what? Like a, uh, what size? I guess would people be able to like a like a sixteen wheeler? Like well, a, like, now like, theirs, I mean, theirs wasn't a 16-wheeler. Theirs was more of a larger-sized... Uh, RV? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Later on, they did get a bigger truck. Mm. They actually had two because they had one that was a larger satellite truck. Uh, okay. And then they did get another truck. Um, it wasn't as quite big as an RV, mm-hmm. but it was... It was pre- I can't remember what the square feet of it was. It was pre- uh, had every single thing in it. it had uh, you know 
all of your tape machines. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was the whole nine yards. I would have never thought that. That sounds like the dude from, uh, like, he's uh, the godfather from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, 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 yeah. That's, that's how I look at it. Damn, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fully staffed. It was fully crude. You had graphics hmm. in the truck, uh, switcher, director, producer position, audio was in the truck. It was full-blown, full-blown production truck. That's that's yeah that's that is that is I definitely well I knew they they had to definitely be out there but man Joseph so they strictly strictly on the East Coast then that they yeah don't. that that's where I've seen where they have been working at this point see I haven't I have not worked with them mm-hmm. in a while I do see on social media quite often okay. uh, that Craig is still out doing a lot of, like I said, in Washington and, and doing a lot of news mm-hmm. uh, hits. Uh, I think Charles is still primarily in Atlanta, and he handles mm. everything going on in Atlanta. And he's, I think he is still a photographer at one of the local stations there. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they, they've got a lot of things uh, going on for themselves as well in their lives, you know. I think I think Craig is even doing some acting now. You better watch that. You might hear that uh, name. Okay. Eventually, I, he might I'll look out for that. Pop up on a, a CSI or something. Right, right. Criminal Minds on, on <laughs> Paramount Plus. <laughs> uh, so, growing up in Louisville, or what, what was the city uh, that you said the the small suburb? Well, the, it, Prospect. City, Prospect. Yeah. Now, how did you become a Laker fan? In, in, in Louisville, I will tell you, I am a Magic Johnson fan. I was a Magic Johnson fan from the beginning. <laughs> Showtime Lakers, that's where it's at. No team better. I can't stand the Boston Celtics. Ooh, <laughs> I, ooh, I, ooh. That hey. that was it. That was my boys. Especially right? so having your name MJ. I know that had to do something with that. The, could, that, 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 could have, that might have had to do something hey, with the swell up. You know, hey, let me tell you something. My mom, my mama used to call me Mini Magic. I wasn't even close. <laughs> my sister and them would say, "No, nah, there ain't any magic. Ain't no Mini Magics in that." <laughs> hey, that's that's crazy, man. Hell yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so gonna keep going about uh, being a Laker fan in Louis High. Like that was a that was a childhood dream. Like, did you have, did you have? So, Magic Johnson had some shoes. He, I know posters, yes, jerseys. I did. did you have all Lakers? I know. Yeah, I had, I had shoes. Mm. I still have his poster hanging up. He came to Allied mm. Sporting Goods on Shelbyville Road. I was young. I can't remember really what my age was. I can't. I was young, but mm-hmm. he was signing posters, and. So when he was, you know, he'd ask your name, like, you know, you say guy, he's like two guy, Magic Johnson. And he asked my name. I said, Mark Mini Magic Johnson. He went, What? I said, Mini Magic. He's like, man, I'll put Mark over here, man. Man, you better get on up out of here. <laughs> you ain't finna take my name. Yeah, he like, you better get on up out of here. You talking about some mini magic. Hey, that's funny, man. I wanna he probably don't remember that either, but you, I hope if you ever meet him, you bring that up. Mini Magic. See if he signs it now. I will. See if he signs it. See if he signs it now. 
That's fine. Yeah, man. Hey, I, I can't knock down, man. Magic Johnson is a beast, man. So would you put him in? So what is your top five? Is where's Magic Johnson place in your top? In your top whatever. Let's, let's, let's just go top whatever. Where okay. is Magic Johnson? We'll, don't go no low, no higher than ten. So this just this just isn't in NBA. This is top five. Like, now we're gonna whatever, go just what? NBA. No, okay. just NBA. Yeah. So do I have to go by position or just all time so player? Okay, we're gonna go with positions. Yeah, because we're okay. gonna see who who okay. is who. Okay. Well, at the guard position. The point Ooh. guard position is magic. Okay, okay. All right, okay. it's magic. All right, shooting guard. But there's, there's absolutely no question. I don't care what anybody says. They can make whatever argument they want. Michael Jordan is the baddest motherfucker that ever put on the sneakers. Say it loud and proud. All right, the Say baddest motherfucker that ever put on the sneakers. All right? Mm. Too much heart, too much athleticism, Killer. too much game. Killer. Assassin. Mm. All right, at the small forward position. Bro, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna have to go with LeBron. It used yeah. to be Bird, but I'm LeBron got too much athleticism. He gonna get everybody else involved. I'm, yeah. I I gotta go in that direction. I hear that. Now we get into all right. This will be easy. Center position. I'm going with another Laker. That's Kareem. Woo! I was that, that was I was, I was okay. gonna see what was what was happening with that center. Yeah, it get fuzzy when people get to that center hey, position. Hey, it get hey, fuzzy. He's complete. All right, <laughs> Kareem. Kareem man. was the man for me. Man, you see that motherfucking in, in college, man? Yes. In Milwaukee. Yes. But oh. here's the thing, guy. Whew. All right, people can make a legitimate argument that he's the goat. You can make a legitimate argument. Now, me. I'm going with Jordan. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna keep it real. I, I still, I think Michael is, but you think about Kareem's career. All right, he won. Well, he won six championships. Mm-hmm. All right, man got all these scoring titles. All right, what? Well, not to mention right now, as this taping, he's the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. Yep. Yep. Okay, how can you not make an argument that Kareem is not a close second? I, I personally, when they people talk, talk about LeBron, okay, whatever. Kareem was a bad dude. Yeah. Only weapon that could not be stopped on the basketball court. The sky. Don't nobody use it. No. No. All right. And look, Wilt and Shaq were dominant. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Kareem could shoot free throws. Kareem had moves. Kareem was the man, dog. Wasn't nobody stopping him, man. No. From 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 college. To the pros, no. man. Nobody stopping him, man. Yeah, one of the, I guess he was. Well, now I ain't gonna say I guess he was on one of the best teams in in college. Now, nah, at UCLA, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, he was on one one of the best teams because they keep trying to say that which college was one on uh, uh, this team that uh the uh, the dude went to Portland, Bill Walton, yeah, whatever team. Now, Kareem and would have ate them up. Yeah, but here's the thing. All right, think about this. I think Kareem. From his high school to college career, through college, I think he only lost two games. Exactly. That's what I'm, I'm saying, man. Think about that, dog. Come on, man. Now, yeah. now, here's where it gets a little murky for me, all right? Because you have the power forward position. Okay. All right? And there's like Duncan. Yep. There's Barkley. There's Malone. And there's even some of these young cats coming along. That I think it'll make it a name for themselves, like Giannis. 
Okay, he's gonna be he if he yeah he's gonna be in some trouble right, in a couple yeah. of years. Giannis yeah. is, he might take that spot. Yes. He might take that spot from yes. Duncan. T- tell me about Duncan. It. Duncan got it right y- now. Y- Giannis is a bad boy. Woo, so Giannis. We'll let we'll let him go ahead and continue <laughs> to live out his legacy. We'll see where that goes. Right, but I, I'm a, I'm gonna go with Tim Duncan right now. Yep, yeah, yeah that, that that sounds about right. That's, that's what know, the majority the big fundamental. The majority go with because yeah. he was a, oh yeah he was a smooth boy. Yeah, I watched uh, interviews with Kevin Garnett talking about he was Tim Duncan was the biggest trash talker. But oh, but he wouldn't say that he hit he's you with syllables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice try, good move. <laughs> and I used to always look at him. you could never see his mouth move neither because I swear I used to always watch him play and see him never talking trash. I used to get mad like why he ain't getting upset. <laughs> Why he ain't saying nothing? Why he eating everybody up? He was a savage boy. But let me say this. There are some ball players that I don't think get their full recognition either. I don't think people recognize exactly how good the big old was. See, my old man says that with Oscar. Oscar oh, and um and yeah. the one that played for the Knicks. Um uh, uh, oh, uh, he played for the Knicks. He was Walt the guard. Frazier. Yeah, yes, yeah. Those Lord two, those two, my old man. I always talk about, bro. Yeah. They had game. Mm. All right, especially, uh, especially Oscar Robinson. I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves. I tell you what, I tell you what. All right, and we can't leave out. Of course, we can't leave out Will. Can't leave out Shaq. We can't mm. leave out Kobe. Um, there was. Who was the, there was somebody else that came to mind. They don't slip my mind now. I can't think of people sleep. People slept on him. Uh, I don't know. I might. I have to come back to that one. You know what will happen tomorrow? We'll be we'll be doing uh, our show, and I'll be like, God, I know who gonna, it was now. You go pop out a name like <laughs> Drazen Petrovich. <laughs> I don't know about no Johnson Petrovich, boy. He was a savage, boy. You know that's right. He was a savage. He was one of the dudes to eat Jordan. He (laughs) ate Jordan ass for one night. I give him that one. One night, he got him. You know what I'm saying? One night. Well, what's your top five? Shit, well. Give me to it by position. Man, yo, well, number one, man, I'm I'm definitely going with Magic. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Jordan. Uh... Oh, well, I'm beefing between Kobe and LeBron, but I'm going to put LeBron in there just because he's big and small forward. Tim Duncan, then my center. Ah, oh, I mean, Shaq. Yeah, Will Chamberlain in there, but Kareem. It's, yeah, that's what that's I'm saying. The, 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 center, the center gets real fuzzy. Yeah, it's and then Shaq get all upset and say want to get all mad. Like, man, am I picking you, man? Nah, I'm start, Superman. Start spitting out these phony numbers. Talk about I scored fifty in my first game. <laughs> Shout out to Inside NBA. <laughs> hey, that's the show. That is hey, my show. That show be having me dying laughing, man. They are crazy, Bro, man. Dude. Man, I, I love them, man. That's, that's the show I want to work on one day. That's that's it. I'd yeah, work it on that show for free. They they look like man, they be having a blast on that show, man. That's they <laughs> they they are definitely hilarious. They they deserve everything they getting, man. Shout out to inside the NBA, yes, man. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, man, this is man, this has been a great interview, man. I appreciate, man. I appreciate you having me. This man. is uh. So let me let me see if I can ask some questions about TDM, man, real quick, man, before we get out of here, man. So okay. now. From what I've noticed, man, you have to the way you communicate to people when you when you're 
because you're communi- you have to I get everybody communicates different so you have to be a way you have to show a way of communicating with everyone mm-hmm. and how important is that for as for a TD because I see that you you are able to different well, I tell you um, well first let me say it's more vital for the director than the technical director it okay. just so happens the the job that's required that you work on me with requires me to do both. Both, right, right. You know, you have to know how to motivate your crew and how to motivate certain people mm-hmm. and to keep their interest and to to make them want to keep coming in every day. Because just like I said, you know, director is only as good as his crew. I mean, mm-hmm. you, can't, you know, you can't make anything happen without what the crew members can do and what they're capable of doing. So sometimes you have to know that this person needs to be motivated in a different way than someone else. It's almost like a coach knowing a player or, you know, this, I don't like to make it sound like, you know, I'm a humble guy, but it's almost Mm -hmm. like a parent knowing their child. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Who needs to know how to do this, this particular way, what you can say to them, what you can't, Mm -hmm. you know, some people, you know, some people need, you know, to be jumped on while others need to be coddled. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to know how to do that and how to motivate people. And, you know, it's, it's part of it. Most of the time you run into everyone that has the same passion, Mm -hmm. just like yourself. So, you don't usually have to do too much. It's the the motivation's already there. They already want to get it right. They already want to do it right, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's uh that's great to be a part of. Can't lie. Hell yeah, man. So if we got anybody out here, man, that's willing that that was interested in being a technical director or director. Because those are those are literally two different jobs. It's just like you said before. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when when we're working together, you're doing both. But normally you have someone else right. pushing the buttons. You're just calling right. the button or right. calling the cameras. Right. Now if people out here like like for me for example, you know, um, I'm interested in working inside the truck, whether it be technical directing, directing, um, engine well uh, not uh, video engineer, so to speak. Is that a now what was the, the proper for shading? Well uh Well uh V1. V1. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's just like video one, the okay. main video, because a lot of times they'll have a V2 also, which is an assistant. Now, with shade, now, I, I, now this is what I, in my head, shading is almost directing. It's like you're following yeah. the directors. Like, like you almost, you pretty much directing, but it's just, you're following. You're following uh, along. Yeah. With, but you're, with the director. But you're pretty much doing on. the same thing. It's just you're not, you're fixing the camera that he's about to get to right. or about to go to. Right. You want to make sure the video levels are good, the colors are good. Yeah. 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 So that's why I think, now, do you think if, if a person was to become a V1, would that help them? Uh, if they wanted to be a director, would that help them? At some point, yeah, I think it would. Because that's how I look at it. I think that would yeah. help. Like if I if I had the option, I would. Well, I would do the I would do shading first. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't jump in to do TDN or directing first. Well, um, like for somebody that would want to get into any of those mm-hmm. positions, I would 
the way things are operating now, these colleges are, they're actually doing their own productions. When I came along, it wasn't like that, mm -hmm. okay? <laughs> like, if a person were to take some college courses in television production, you would actually go out and do remotes. And, like, let's take where I finished, Western Kentucky University, they're actually doing their own they do the games that air on ESPN and, and at the mm. college. So like if a person were to take courses, then they would actually get hands-on training in that manner. Now, someone such as yourself, you've got the, the connections to even get hands-on training here on the job. Mm -hmm. See, and you know, that's a possibility for you know both ways and i mean they're these kids are tdn these kids are directing these kids are being v1s they're being a1s they're learning what to do as a2s they're learning what to do as stage managers and even talent mm -hmm. you know so you know these schools have really turned things up and the equipment that they have now they're actual like Cayenne and Carrera switchers. Wow. Uh, uh, carbonite switchers. They're using the same equipment that we're using out in the real world. They're much better prepared. Right. See, I mean, I came out knowing and understanding certain aspects of TV, but the hands-on, mm -hmm. like if I worked a shift of mid, of let's say three to midnight, I was coming in at 1 p.m., so I could sit down and learn how to use certain equipment such as a switcher, and then I would stay till 3 a.m. after work learning. So I took time and applied myself to learn how to use the equipment. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, when the doors opened for me to learn how to do sports remotes, I expressed an interest and they let me do that. These kids now are coming out of school already know how to do sports remotes. See, we were doing mock newscasts in a studio. Mm -hmm. They're out doing an actual game broadcast, you yep, know, yep. in the in the arena or in the stadium. Nowadays, if somebody wanted to actually get involved and you're not in college at this point, you might have gotten past it. Mm -hmm. Taking some college courses in that field would be really beneficial. Hell yeah, man! Dropping dropping gems right now, hey, man. I'm just dropping saying, gems, you know? man. <laughs> Definitely, man. I I truly appreciate this. This has been a long time coming. Man, we been talking about doing this since last year, last year, man. But I'm thankful, man, that uh, that was able to get done. Things happen for a reason, man. You know, uh, last year I was in a totally different place. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm very thankful for this brother, man, uh, for for being here, man. Dropping the jewels. Give me knowledge, you know. He answers all the questions that I ever want to ask. And man, you know, I, I I wish, you know, hopefully one one of these days, man, I can get out there, man, and, and work with you in in, in the different in, uh, in Louisville. Come on, you know come on, definitely, man. Uh, is there anything you got coming up, man? Uh, that you want to talk about? Anything that's that's happening in in the near in the near future since this year two thousand twenty two is about to be over? Well, yeah, I got a. Got a nice little little package deal with the NBA mm. doing uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Well, I guess that went down to oh Memphis. That went down to thirteen days at the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's right. <laughs> 
So I'm excited about that, man. That, that's that's congratulations, man. Thank Definitely you, congratulations. You. And getting into some uh, professional hockey also with Nashville Predators. Oh, okay. So those those are going to be two new things uh, going on for me. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to keep building and keep keep things going moving forward. Hell yeah, man! Uh, how many sports have you? So you've done hockey. So you're looking at hockey, football. Soccer, soccer, boxing, boxing, basketball, basketball, baseball. Okay. Uh, rugby. Okay. Where do you do hockey. rugby at? They do rugby. Well, I know they play rugby out here. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You said the other game, man, with the they be hitting the stick with the ball. Uh, uh, Field, cricket. I thought. Oh you, I, no, no, no! I thought you I've said cricket. cricket. I thought you said. I thought I, I saw cricket in my head when you said that. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but. I definitely want 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 thank you, man. Hopefully, man, like you definitely deserve all the props that you get from all the all the black kids or any kid, anybody that sees you doing what you're doing, man. Because well, I appreciate that, that is that is definitely because you said, man, you're doing exactly what you want to do, man. That you've been wanting to do, and that is that's 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 a goal for a lot of people, man. A lot of people don't really see that as a goal, but that is my plan. Hopefully, I can help other people get that that same plan, man. Definitely, again, man. Want to welcome you and thank you for coming to Bluntfoot Podcast Radio. Deep, deep down in the dungeon, bunker, in, in the, the bunker up here in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> man, this, this definitely I have fun with this one, man. My uh, dude, I appreciate this, man. Anytime, definitely, man. Thank you, man. Bluntfoot Podcast Radio. We're gonna end it with with something special right here. For the night, why don't we keep on trying to fight it? Your legs, your hips, your eyes, my hands, your dirty mind. I love your cherry pie. Seconds for me tonight. Oh, what we do, it ain't no cry. Do the time, every time we touch, it's nine Destroy you. I feel like you know it's the right time for me, right? Yours tonight. Before you go, I want another round tonight. Baby, I can eat it all day. All day. Cherry sorbet. I feel like you should come and pull me close. In and out. Destroy you.
a flavor for tonight And I'ma eat it all day Cherries are bad I'm John Gomez, the founder.